Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hold on to your butts. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Wesker demands. Now this affects Iris. Um, Iris, where are you? What you feel only matters to you. I do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing enough. Iris, I have a tip for you. Don't take drugs! Or whatever movies with Wesley and Iris. So y'all pumped? Dude. <laughs> what up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I am your co-host Iris and I am here with my older brother. Call sign Westman. Don't think, just do it. And today we're talking the movie event of 2022, Top Gun Maverick. 20 minutes ago, weren't you in this movie? I have never been so fresh for a discussion <laughs> as I am today. <laughs> I'm still all like hot from anxiety and like tension. I still like have sweat creases in my elbows and the crooks of my <laughs> knees. Is Brian all jazz and like running around the house and firing up the Tesla and stuff? <laughs> he did drive home unusually fast, but that was mostly because I was late. I was like, step on it. I've got a need, a need for speed. Man, you're the only one that said that because they didn't say it in the movie, thankfully. No, but they said almost everything else. My little fun Easter egg, which I would have never gotten had I not seen the original film like a week ago, was when they're in the, the dogfight at the end and Rooster's all, come on, Mav, do some of that pilot shit. And I was like, whoa. There was a lot. What else was there? All the things. Are you kidding me? Great Balls of Fire. That's what they're singing. And I was like, Great Balls of Fire was recorded before these piss ants were born. And then I thought, man, Great Balls of Fire was recorded before we were born. And we're old. Snap. And then I found out Great Balls of Fire was recorded before Tom Cruise was born. No. Five years before. And he's very old. Tom Cruise is very old? Yeah. You know Maverick is older now than Viper was in Top Gun, as played by Tom Skerritt? Tom Cruise. Well, how old is his character supposed to be? I don't know. Tom Cruise at the time was 57. But do you know that Top Gun Maverick was originally scheduled for release in summer of 2019? Man. And as happens, they delay until 2020. So this is pretty old. I mean, they probably had like lives and people probably had kids and stuff. And they're like, hey, we're ready to do that junket. You guys ready? <laughs> well, they had a lot of time to get it dialed in. Felt pretty tight. Let me tell you, the Memorial Day crowd 
in the theater to see Top Gun Maverick, not that young. All the middle-aged people walking out of that theater were jazz, and I was one of them. (laughs) I mean, I think Top Gun Maverick is going to be crowd-pleasing across the board. This is the movie that has all the things. It's well-directed and and even well-acted and certainly well-choreographed. I mean, you can't talk about the special effects, and they're not really stunts unless you call them aerial stunts. But this was a real, pretty real movie, and it feels tangible. It also has this historical, cultural basis. I mean, we talked about Top Gun, and like I said, it was never one of my favorite movies growing up, but there's a lot to like about it, but it does feel pretty dated. And this is the lo- one of the longest movies, not the longest, but pretty long, between the actual original movie and then its sequel. Something like 34 years by the time they started filming. Yeah, Top Gun 1986. They went to great pains to update this movie in all the ways that it pays, you know, homage in a good way. And also it pushed everything forward a little bit, right? Yeah, I'd say. And that's kind of your metric for sequel success. When we talked about Alien and Aliens. Talk about expanding on the original concept in a way that improves it and doesn't retread. You know the original story and it adds to it if you watch it, but it's not the same movie at all. And that's a good thing, right? Because Top Gun Maverick is not the same movie, although it does do the fan service stuff. So did you notice, watching, having watched the old movie, that this was the first Simpson-Bruckheimer production in like 30 years man even their company card feels outdated dude don simpson has been dead for like 20 years <laughs> oh really and we start with danger zone or the the top gun score and i mean it, they could have been like you know that was recycled footage that was never used and i would have been like okay because it looks exactly the same not quite as orange glowy yeah so what what you do you just filter it down and then you can reuse footage and people don't know like dr strange <laughs> used some footage from the shining and just changed the filter and added snow effects dr strange uh dr sleep Oh, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, the zeitgeist got all up, all up in my grill. Yeah, that would. I was just like, wait, this multiverse includes The Shining now. But I'm right, right? I, I mean, there were so many elements that were the same, and like, if yeah, because I think that the old crowd that you're talking about is looking for those little things and be like, oh, and you give like a little knowing nod and a smile in the theater when you recognize the reference to the original. Absolutely, but to great effect, right? Okay, the opening sequence might have felt like a little bit of a retread, but it set a nice tone. And then when they're singing "Great Balls of Fire," it was sad. Yeah, he's standing outside the window, and we get to see his sadness through Penny's eyes. And I was like, aww. He's like framed in the window of sadness. (laughs) All outside and like ostracized and stuff. But what a great setup to introduce him as the Top Gun instructor. Like it's the perfect callback to when he's all embarrassed when Charlie shows up and he's like mortified because he like hit on her so aggressively at the officer's bar perfect right see and now he's literally on the outside he's all old and he disrespects a woman because unlike 1986 where you can go into the ladies room and test the counter for boning purposes (laughs) in 2022 you so much as say the wrong thing you get your bell rung and you get tossed out on your ass well don't forget you got to buy around first yeah for thousands of they didn't divulge the uh, the amount that was a wad that he gave her afterward that was like pretty a, big bar yeah which why is his is his credit cards max because he's like maverick and reckless is that what we're trying to say i'm not sure but if he's just a captain 
and he washed out of Top Gun school or whatever, and if he didn't win the Powerball, he's got to maintain that P-51 Mustang in the, in the hangar. And that's probably cost big bucks. P-51 Mustang. Is that the plane or yeah, the, the bike? Yeah, the plane that he was, was with his strategically placed sexy uh, oil smudges on his arms and his bulging <laughs> biceps and stuff. Yeah, you notice they keep all the like sexy Tom Cruise framing like kind of pecks up. Yeah, I did notice that in this particular movie because I was like, okay, everyone's playing a shirtless wingman volleyball or whatever. Is Tom Dog Cruise... Fight football dogfight is is he gonna step up well there he is and he's got his shirt off and 30 years older than all of them yeah they kind of kept like the he's kind of got like a desi arnaz like tree trunk abdomen now (laughs) i don't know i didn't see it because we didn't get to see it (laughs) yeah exactly very strategic but all those guys were ripped dude rooster so what was the song you were singing in the first one where my boys at or something oh yeah hanging with the boys yeah hanging with the boy because this was still i mean despite the fact that there was a girl pilot this was definitely still hanging with the boys right can you say girl pilot or do you say like pilot of a like feminine identifying pilot or some female identity what do you say you can't say girl pilot all i'm saying is it didn't it wasn't a thing and she and bob got chosen or whatever so it wasn't a thing and i don't care I mean, even Penny was like the single mom bar running Marion Ravenwood thing where she'll ring your bell and she keeps up with the boy. Like the only thing that that distinguished her from Marion Ravenwood of Indiana Jones fame is the fact that she didn't like wasn't introduced out drinking him or anybody else. (laughs) And the only thing that differentiated her from Kelly McGillis was that she had a silver car as opposed to a red roadster. Right. But is it weird? Was it the same house? Kelly and I were like, that's the same house, right? <laughs> the little Miramar, like right off the beach bungalow. Like a, a block up from the beach on that weird corner. It looked like the same house. And that would be weird, right? I think geographically it was like similarly oriented. But Kelly McGillis's bungalow didn't have a second story. Well, not back in 1986, but maybe the maybe all the Miramar <laughs> housing is all, is all the same. Okay, so you know how Brian has that barky laugh when he thinks something's really funny? Yeah, where he goes, ah! <laughs> It's all quiet, then he's like, ah! <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so he laughed twice. Guess when? Uh, that was when Tom Cruise, who is way too old to be jumping off the roof, <laughs> dropped down to get away and was confronted by the daughter. Bingo! Oh my gosh. The theater gave like a collective like chuckle, like, <laughs> and then yes. Brian was like, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, second time. When's the second time? I don't know, man. What else was there? Was it, the, was it when uh, Tom Cruise pushed Rooster over in the oh, forest? Oh, that was pretty good. Did you expect that? No, I mean, it was good. It, it was good because it was realistic. I thought, obviously, the kid of Goose and Meg Ryan is going to have problems with Maverick because everyone has problems with Maverick, apparently, except Penny, even though they're on again, off again. But it was good. It was real because it wasn't just like my dad trusted you. I'm not going to make that mistake. And and maybe you did get my dad killed. It wasn't about that. It was deeper. And he had pulled his resume or whatever from the academy and didn't want him to fly. And it was at the request of his mom, who was conveniently dead, Sarah Connor style. Sarah Connor style? When is Sarah Connor die? Sorry, that's a Terminator 3 spoiler. Oh, <laughs> whoa. Linda Hamilton doesn't want to come back. Don't want to have Meg Ryan back because she looks weird from plastic surgery. Kill her off. Kill her off beforehand. They didn't kill off Val Kilmer. 
He looks weird. Nope. Tom Cruise fought for Val Kilmer. To, so I think we discussed this in Top Gun. Said we can't do it without Val. I mean, Val is still around. I do wonder, though, how Val felt about his illness being portrayed as fatal. Which uh, Kelly mentioned, she's like, well, he had to die, right? Because now nobody has his back. Right. He doesn't have his air cover. And and thunderstorm or magic clap or whatever can bust his butt. Cyclone. I was wondering more what Val Kilmer might be thinking about their ADR or the VO that they did for him. Because that wasn't him. He was pretty pleased. I mean, obviously, if you saw the documentary, Val, you know that his voice is nowhere up to snuff enough to record the dialogue that they did present in the movie. But they went through great pains to do his AI voice. They have lots and lots of clean dialogue of him throughout the years. So they synthesized it and put together some mock-ups and they chose the one with the best inflection and emotionality. And that was his voice. And then I think they dialed it back a little bit and put it under the gravelly filter because he does have to sound sick like i'm not sure if any of his old his actual voice is in there but it's derived from it but the masking because they were able to put the filter on it the masking is convincing does it really sound like val kilmer i don't know but it sounds like val kilmer maybe could sound with throat cancer yeah and val kilmer looked great he looks a little tore up in uh in turquoise spiritualism what do we call it val (laughs) Val. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's a hard one to remember. But it's good to see him, and he plays a pivotal role. Great to see him. He he feels dignified. Are you kidding? Admiral Admiral Kazansky of the Pacific Fleet? Yeah, all like with the American flag behind him and picture framed up in the academy or whatever, the school. Yeah. I thought, yeah, he looked great. He seemed genuinely warm. By the way, did your screening have Tom Cruise at the top introducing the film? Nope. Yeah, Tom Cruise was featured at the top and he and it was very um you know, it's it was obviously produced like he's in a, you know, little director's chair or whatever and he's cleanly lit. Did he have the bomber jacket on? No. It's I forget what he was wearing. He looked normal. And he he was just like, "Thank you for coming to see our film. These are real planes. These are real G's. Like we did it real and we did it for you." And it was really sweet and genuine and warm. And like afterwards, Brian turned toward me and he was like, oh, it was like really sweet. And I was like, I kind of agree. I really felt it. It felt like. And he that was touched. Man, I missed out. But also I was like, that's also kind of the magic of Tom Cruise, right? That's where he's a good act. That's where he's like the best possible actor, where he makes you feel like he's talking to you or like makes you feel like he's a totally genuine, sane person. <laughs> well, look, I watched lots and lots of interviews. They did the whole junket. Everybody in the, the squadron had their say. And and everyone, you know, it's like, what's it like to be with thing with Tom Cruise? And the default is he's such a nice guy. He makes you feel like you're the only person in the world. Right. But what they also said was that he was hands-on across the board, really helping them through the process. Um, the training flight plan, he designed it himself. And what they said was that he loves to make movies and particularly he wants to make movies for the audience and he's very keenly aware of the perception of that the audience has during the process and the director who uh, directed him in oblivion whose name escapes me at the moment but sadly isn't tony scott from the original uh, top gun joseph kaczynski said that what he learned from tom cruise was that your, your perception of the movie and what you understand you get it is not necessarily what the audience gets it's not that they're dumb it's just you're in your head enough so it's very important to go to screenings test screenings to see what people react to visually auditorially react to and then you can play up those moments if you have a joke that you love and it 
falls flat, then it doesn't work. This is all for the audience. And he's been doing that for a long time. And if there's ever, I think, been an audience experience movie, it was mm. it's probably Top Gun Maverick. Ranks up there with one of, the, I'm guessing, one of the best crowd experiences. I don't know how receptive your crowd, it was not like people were standing up and cheering Avengers, Avengers Endgame style or anything, but definitely people felt it. And this is a theatrical movie, I think, which is why they waited. He wasn't about to release this on streaming. There was definitely an applause at the end of my screening. And audible laughter and and people walking out all jazz like i definitely felt the vibe (laughs) walking out i was trying to put my finger on it this is like the new classic hollywood movie it doesn't matter if it's plausible i mean this movie makes sense it's not that it doesn't make sense it just doesn't matter what matters is the experience that the experience feels fun and triumphant and in service to the fans. I kind of likened Top Gun Maverick to the best vanilla ice cream that you've ever had in your life. <laughs> well, this is not a gritty Top Gun. Mm-mm. And it's so beautiful and streamlined when it's real. And we have the juxtaposition of the desert when they're training and the forest setting when they're training to the actual snow-capped mountains and stuff when they make the Star Wars-style trench run (laughs) toward the Death Star with the nuclear MacGuffin at the end. Against an unknown enemy. Three, yeah, the ambiguous. I don't even know if those were MiGs. But did uh, did people woe and stuff? Because Kelly's not a dude. But even still, when that MIG or whatever that plane was, and they did that bonkers air twisty cartwheel maneuver, Kelly turned to me and she's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Those are fifth gen planes, Wes. You don't even know. Yeah, fifth generation fighters. You don't even know what they're Which, capable of. <laughs> that's because nobody knows what they're capable of. <laughs> I think they're fictitious. <laughs> So she was like all impressed. Yeah, that just that one aerial maneuver, which I'm not sure is possible. But it took everything that we complained about or made mention of. They changed. The misogyny of the 80s was completely replaced and flipped on its ear. Oh, did you know that they don't actually fire their guns in Top Gun? Ha <laughs> ha. They fired some guns in this one. Oh, yeah. I liked the setup. They did the same run kind of multiple times, but each one had a different angle. And then, of course, he had to do the proving himself, proving that it could be done 15 seconds under bombing test run when he was in an unlicensed, unapproved aircraft. Did you see that coming? When Jennifer Connelly's like, I don't know, but you're going to find a way. No, but it but it works so well. It's like, you're done. You're out of here. And then he likes, he stole multiple planes in this movie, both at home and abroad. He just like, I guess when Maverick gets into a plane, it starts up, right? It recognizes the user. It's like a horse. You know that Liam Neeson showed up on the set of some movie and the horse that he was going to ride recognized him from an old Liam Neeson movie? no. Yeah, that's like the planes in Top Gun. When Maverick gets into the cockpit, it recognizes you and fires up. Uh, see, those F-14s are smarter than you think. Right? That was, I mean, was there any more of a fan service moment? I didn't even know how different those planes, it's obvious they would have upgraded their planes in like 35 years. But I didn't know. I thought they were the same. And I was like, oh, and he's like, it's a dinosaur plane, this bag of ass. And it's got like 16 switches back here, Mav. And... Or like 30 fuses or something. Yeah. He's like, flip this fuse. And he's like, there's like 200 back here. I don't know. But they, were, they sure look like there was a lot. He's like, I don't know. I'll figure yeah, it out. But that was the, it, the most fan service moment ever. 
I couldn't figure out how to turn on the radar, but you get Tom Cruise back in an original F-14 and and rocking it against fifth generation enemy aircraft. Yeah, I loved how they just st- strolled across the airstrip and then like <laughs> sauntered into the plane. I mean, there were things too. The plausibility of some of the things. I mean, you're all jazzed up and you're like, Maverick can do anything. <laughs> but also... <laughs> They stole a perfectly intact, fully fueled aircraft. Exactly. But then I realized there was a practical reason that they were able to steal the plane unscathed. It's because they couldn't identify the enemy. They like strategically had to keep them off screen. I was like waiting for, you know, at least like one like throwdown fight. I think the only fight we got or the closest we got to a fight was in the training in the school. Yep. You know, I mean, there was a lot of no one can say that Tom Cruise pulled punches on the aerial footage because it was all shot in real planes. There was absolute minimum of green screen or CGI. Some of the stuff you can tell, like when he threads the needle and scares the bejesus out of them. They probably Mm. didn't do that in real life. The bridge. Yeah. But also in the best way, in the James Cameron kind of way, in the in the right kind of way, they used the numbers ticking up to great effect. You know, or the the G counter, uh, not only in the fight, but established in his test run of the freaking whatever that was. Oh, the Mach 10. Yeah, the the I don't even know what they are anymore. What the plane? Yeah, the plane that was in the Mach 10. I don't know. It blew up. Yeah, doesn't what, matter. What, what? <laughs> it's like an ultra stealth aircraft or whatever. Yeah, that was insane. It's like an and X-wing fighter. You're so you're talking about where in the abyss, Ed Harris who's also in Top Gun Maverick, is descending into the alien, like, underworld. Yep, and the uh, proximity motion sensor in Aliens. You know, it's like, how do we know that that he's going Mach 10? Because the little counter tells us, and you're like, come on, 9.9, I'm not sure that, that, that it's possible to wipe out in that plane. I mean, that plane, in real life, the F-18s, are $80 million airplanes. That Mach 10 dealie, that job, that's probably a billion-dollar aircraft. I mean, can you bail out at Mach 10? You can't. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> when you're when you're facing forces that are causing the nose to heat up and the wings to, like, red-hot levels... Yeah, you disintegrate, no. like, instantly, right? Right. Not Maverick, though. Maverick, got, he got hit. His plane came apart in midair. We didn't even see him eject. Because I think that Maverick is like Chuck Norris. He doesn't eject the plane. He shrugs it off like a cape, right? And lands in the forest and wakes up. <laughs> he doesn't land in the forest. No, he he walks into the nondescript middle of nowhere diner where where that oh, kid gets right. to deliver the best line of the movie. Where am I? <laughs> the kid's like, Earth. <laughs> Neither time do we see him eject because I'm not sure that that's possible. Well, yeah, because Maverick doesn't need to. And those, I mean, the moments that we weren't in the planes, I was expecting like, okay, let's get back up in the plane. And I suppose there's room for criticism. Um, I'm not going to say that it wasn't awkward when he and Jennifer Connelly macked or whatever. Pretty chaste. I don't know. That movie never felt slow. I think that he did slip some tongue at the end. Ew. I think he did. And she looked more size appropriate riding on the bike with him. (laughs) She she did. She didn't look like she was going to eat him on the bike. (laughs) <laughs> and so like uh you know there's a meme going around where uh 
it's like a joke where every time Lord of the Rings Two Towers comes up and Aragorn kicks the helmet, you have to speak up and say that, you know, he broke broke two toes in that shot. For reals? Like as in? Yeah. But the joke is that you can't, it's like you have to resist the urge to say it. That trivia every time you see that scene. And so I think the trivia for Top Gun Maverick was, of course, did, I mean, was it just a given? Doesn't everyone just assume and know that that P-51 Mustang that he was working on for the whole thing, he was actually piloting at the end because that's actually Tom Cruise's plane? Oh, it is? Yep, with Jennifer Connelly. Know. In a real flight, Penny Benjamin's character, do you remember her being introduced in Top Gun, the original? No. Yeah, she's the Admiral's daughter that he was messing around with. No. What about Penny, the Admiral's daughter? Good one. And uh, and and tracking it for Jennifer Connelly's actual age, and Top Gun era, Maverick would have been macking with a 16-year-old. Oh, well, I wouldn't put that past Maverick. I'm saying we're willing to suspend all the disbeliefs of Top Gun Maverick for the experience. <laughs> yeah, just don't think about it, Wes. Just... Don't think, just do. Best kind of movie, man. Cultural basis, well-written, well-directed, took five years to get a script together, 35 years to get the freaking movie to the screen. Fun, exciting, real craft and dedication, especially on Tom Cruise's part. I think it's evident to everyone how hard that dude works, right? I think he's a nut job in real, in real life, but he definitely works hard to get the audiences what they want yeah it didn't feel fake. i mean top gun didn't necessarily feel fake to me you can see some of the cheats especially in the way it dates but i couldn't tell for the vast majority of this movie what was cg and what wasn't it just felt hollywood it didn't feel fake no i mean it felt fantastic i guess and exciting but not like cheap and i think this movie will date really well Interesting. I mean, it has to. It's like three years old already. <laughs> I guess so. It's already dated really well. Do you think that John Hamm had to think twice about taking his role? No. Nope. Or do you think he was like Top Gun? Yep. He talked about how grateful he was. He's had lots of accolades and has worked with really big stars and stuff. But Tom Cruise is a different story. It's a different level. He's a no-brainer. It's weird to me because they introduced uh, Flaphorn or whatever his name was. Cyclone. As being the Top Gun top of his class in 1988, right? Something like that. He's probably younger than Maverick and is fully his boss. And he's like the Strickland of this movie, just waiting to bust his butt. And then Kazansky dies, spoiler, and he's like, you don't have Iceman to protect you anymore, bub. But kind of a thankless role for John Hamm. I, do, I mean, do you really want to be in Top Gun Maverick and be like, no, no, nope, no. <laughs> but this is John Hamm's jam. That sounds weird to say. Uh, where he just he's like in a suit and he's like all curmudgeonly. It's mm. just a different suit this time. Then all square jawed and like yeah. Americana. <laughs> it's perfect. And Ed Harris is perfect, and they're not in the movie for long, and Val Kilmer gets his shot. I think each of those were in the movie an appropriate amount of time. I feel like we got to know everybody enough, and it was fine. I think the exposition was pretty tight and clean. But John Hamm's, like, coming on and being like, nope, you got four minutes, and if no one comes home but mission is complete, then mission is successful. He's, like, the closest thing we have to a bad guy in this movie. Yeah, he's, uh, he's like, uh, personified stakes. He's the ticking clock. Hmm. It's fine. You go, John Hamm. Congratulations on being Top Gun Maverick. I think you put it best. Is it perfect? No. Is it gritty? No. But it's it's Hollywood. 
And I think it's the best kind of Hollywood studio. It's what Jerry Bruckheimer, it's like a Jerry Bruckheimer picture. What do you mean it's like a Jerry Bruckheimer picture? It is a Jerry Bruckheimer picture. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's a quintessential, it's like a Bruckheimer picture kind of movie. It's like a big Hollywood studio movie that also has Tom Cruise at the helm as a madman. I didn't think that these films worked anymore. I thought that audiences were, were too, are too sophisticated and they don't want to just say, oh, it's just Hollywood or, oh, it's just a movie that people don't say that anymore. They want real and they want gritty and they don't want fantastical. But I but this kind of defies that. Yep. Pandemic or no pandemic. Tom Cruise's best opening ever and his only one to top $100 million in a single weekend, which it did handily. Conflicting reports, but some have speculated as much as $150 million, including the Memorial Day holiday. If you're staying home, then you're watching Stranger Things. If you're going out, you're seeing Top Gun. Don't stay home. Go out and see Top Gun Maverick in the theaters. Wow. Ringing endorsement. Is this yep. going to be a modern day totally? Totally. What? The best kind of movie. Remember when you gave Ford versus Ferrari a boring? Yeah, kind of. Same kinda. thing. We're getting the thing and we're all like, meh, meh. And we're like, and we're like all seeing it in the IMAX and stuff's blowing up. And you're like, that was awesome. I mean, I think this movie needs to be seen in the theaters, and it's a totally... I, I can't think of anybody this movie wouldn't make happy. I'm thinking... I guarantee you, Brian would give it a totally as well. <laughs> yeah, Brian loved it. Oh, he was over the moon. That's because it's a well-crafted movie. Give your review. Yeah, I think that... I And I kind of credit that a little bit to uh, Chris McQuarrie. I credit all the cerebrality... I just made up that word. <laughs> to Chris McQuarrie, I credit all of the, all of the feel-goodness to Tom Cruise... I credit him for his dedication and hard work. He had to get in the obligatory running scene. Yeah, I thought the football run was our Tom Cruise running, <laughs> but it wasn't. It was in the forest. It was in the forest. And I credit our director, Joseph Kaczynski. That's pretty close to Kaczynski. Come on. Joseph Iceman. Kaz <laughs> and shout out to Miles Teller, who has been on the verge of real breakout status for a while now. Rooster, I think, is a great role for him. I great don't think role. there was any... I mean, he comes with his dad's, Anthony Edwards' is his character dad's likability. Wow, Wes. I think this is one of the first modern day totallys in a long time. I, I didn't expect it. I was like, okay, fan service, but we don't have Tony Scott anymore. So how good could Top Gun Maverick really be? Well, he proved just how good it can be. And Tom Cruise is very hands-on. I'm not sure if it's entirely this uh, director Kaczynski's... Uh, to his credit, because Tom Cruise is designing all kinds of stuff and insisting yeah. on this and that and being a madman. That's what I'm crediting, crediting Kaczynski with, is navigating the gauntlet that I'm sure Tom Cruise and the studios were in delivering this film and delivering it really well. Yep. Ready for your closing trivia? I am. What does the call sign Bob stand for? Baby on board. <laughs> Close. Boy of Bill. Boy of Bill. No, I just made that up. Oh. Did you know who played uh, Bob? Uh, no, but I can look it up quickly. Why? Bill Pullman's kid. No way. Lewis Pullman. You look at him and you're like, oh, obviously. <laughs> but we didn't know it at the time. No way. When did you get here? I was here the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's how good Lewis Pullman was at being Bob. That's a great piece of trivia. Some good ones all around today. As you can tell, we're pretty jazzed. Coming hot off of Top Gun Maverick in the theaters, the new Hollywood movie, you got a totally from Wes, an obvious good from Iris. That's our review on Top Gun Maverick, available in theaters for probably the foreseeable. I mean, for a while, right? This is going to stick around. You get no other options. Get off your butt. Go to the theater. And then check out this review again and many of the others <clears throat> that we mentioned in this discussion, including Val, the original Top Gun from 1986. And our more or less first Tom Cruise movie, The Outsiders, coming soon. Edge of Tomorrow, all available at orwhatevermovies.com or wherever you get podcasts. If you've enjoyed those episodes or this on Top Gun Maverick, please subscribe to our podcast. Give us a five-star rating. Follow us on social media or connect with us at orwhatevermovies.com or whatevermovies at gmail.com and at orwhatevermovies on social. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid.